hi, everybody, and welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact in the places of greatest need in our world. My name is Brian Lemieux. I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa, and I am here with Mike and Michelle Tessendorf, our co-founders of Orchard Africa, and uh, glad to be at the table with you both. Yeah. Hi, everybody hi, from Brian. South Africa. And we also are at the table with uh, one of our leaders on staff with Orchard Africa. His name is Tiano Swart, and he is the National Director of uh, South Africa and leads uh, the impact centers in um, South Africa, so all the regions. He helps start and launch and maintain uh, our impact centers that equip churches to care for the vulnerable and, and works with our staff here. And so, Tiano, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's great to be with you and um, uh, hello to all the listeners as well. Yeah, good to have you with us, Tiano. So <clears throat> I've come to know you as your family, in fact. Uh, ministry runs deep through, through your entire family, your kids, your wife, and it's almost like you were born into ministry, mm -hmm. but <laughs> tell us a little bit about you and your family and just some of the, how ministry became such a huge part of your family life. Yeah, so I am married. We've got three little kids, um, which is the biggest part of my life at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I think uh, blessed to have a fa father and mother-in-law and a father and mom that were in ministry. Mm. So I was, I'm always asked that question, or when I think about that moment in my life when I was born again, I almost think I was born into, you know, yeah. just growing up in this, this in yeah. some way. And it's just part of that formation process for mm. me. Mm. So um, from the early days, um, just being part of what life was for me is living um, what God has called you to do. And I think it kind of like just the one, the one thing led to the next in uh, how he guides. Um, so over, over many, many years, um, privileged and blessed to be part of Orchard Africa and serving the church um, in South Africa as well. It's a great testimony for your parents that the, what, how they lived actually drew you closer to God rather than... Mm -hmm. I don't want to know this God, so well done to them. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. yes, I actually was saying the very thing to your mother yesterday. Uh, what a great job they did in raising you. Mm. Uh, it's a testimony, definitely. A mm. uh, question for you, Tiano. So as an American, uh, I've, I've explored a little bit of South Africa, but you, you're born and raised here in the most southern part of the country. And so what's, what's a place that you'd say, if you come to South Africa, you've Make sure you stop at this place mm. and, and maybe why and mm. help us to find well, out what's best. Well, South Africa is such a rich country. You know, we've got, I almost feel like we've got everything here. Mm. You know, we've got mountains and we've got uh, beautiful coastal areas. Um, I think other than um, Table Mountain, of course, here in the Western Cape, Cape Town, mm. um, it's just the beauty, almost like the contrast between the vegetation and the sea. And um, so I would definitely re recommend if you're ever in South Africa and ever in Cape Town, plan at least three days so that you can get a taste of a little bit of everything. And it's within reach. So when you land at the airport, within an hour, you can pretty much be at the sea or somewhere where there's dense forests or on a mountain. 
Um, so that, that for me, yeah, I would say I love the ocean. Mm. So um, just any, any part of our uh, coastline. Um, Bloberg Beach is a favorite um, for kite surfers all over the world. Oh, okay. Maybe in the U.S. if there's some kite surfers and you plan a trip to South Africa, that's your spot. Um, but then there's also other just great surfing spots around. Aha, which brings me to a question, Tiano. When you're not being a dad or a husband or a son or in ministry, when you just Tiano by yourself, what do you love to do? So surfing used to be my big thing. But I say that I put emphasis on used to be because <laughs> I almost feel like a beginner every time I go back into the water now. Okay. But I think for me, it's just that those moments where you can um, stop and breathe. And I like doing that outside. Um, so with fresh air. So even if it's like walking or just sitting outside or just a bit of a change of perspective. Um, I've learned even cutting the lawn at times is great okay. because your hands are busy, mm -hmm. but it gives your mind a break. So anything that gives my mind a bit of a break mm -hmm. is good for me. And when you're in the great outdoors in the Western Cape, it's so stunningly beautiful that it does take your mind off what Absolutely. you're doing, even if you're cutting the lawn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, great to have you with us, Tina, and to be a part of this conversation, which for this year revolves around Jesus' um, most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Um, we started in our first podcast for 2024 looking at what's become known as the Beatitudes, the blessed hours in Matthew chapter 5. And just as a by way of a recap, um, the blessed hours are not uh, commandments of how we should behave. They actually describe the character, the qualities of what life in the kingdom looks like, of what kingdom people look like, and uh, the, the, the character of those who are living the God life, the followers of Jesus who say, I believe in, in Jesus. This is, this is the quality. However, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, um, the emphasis changes a little bit, and I want to read verse 13 through 16, which is our passage for today. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so here the, the emphasis shifts a little bit. It's not, these are not character qualities. These are uh, expressions of how those qualities are demonstrated to the world. By being salt, by being light, we demonstrate the kingdom life to those who don't know the kingdom. And so they reveal who we are. It's our identity. Um, Jesus used lots of different descriptions. We were call, he called us sheep. He called us branches in a, in, in a vine. Here he says, you are the salt and you are the light. And it defines our identity as people of God. It forms the foundation of how we are to live in the world, where so many people are struggling to find identity. That's very good. 
And I think the, the entire Sermon on the Mount is very much about the kingdom of God mm. and how the kingdom of God and the people of God differ from the kingdom of this world and the people who are drawn into the kingdom of darkness. And so, of course, um, in thinking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, um, I got thinking about the Second World War when Nazi Germany occupied various countries. Um, and they developed this resistance movement in those countries. So uh, the, the Germans had occupied and taken over what was their town, for example, and, and there's this heavy presence of, of German soldiers. But the resistance movement was, you might be here, but we are not buying into what you're selling, mm. basically. Mm. And we're gonna resist this and this mm. resistance movement. And I feel like the church is, is that in this world that we live in now, um, that this is, the, the world is the kingdom of gods, but the kingdom of darkness has occupied. And as God's people, there should be this resistance movement. Mm. And to me, the, king, the, the, the Sermon of the, on the Mount talks very much about that resistance. How do we resist and how do we uh, spread our light and our salt and all the other things that are going to come out of this beautiful, beautiful sermon? Um, but like all analogies, my little analogy about uh, the Second World War and Nazi occupation, uh, analogies break down. And what I do want to emphasize is that we're not undercover Christians. We're not hiding away like they had to during the Second World War. Uh, we are the light. And it, it's in the scripture, it says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Mm -hmm. right. And if we are the light, and if the church is the light of, in the world and the salt of the earth, we can't be hidden and our taste can't be mm -hmm. uh, taken yes. away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, there is this occupation and we need to resist, but we do it openly mm -hmm. and with bright light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah go ahead. So, uh, just a thought, um, the message translation of this actually says uh, very, very nicely what you've just said. He said, God's not a secret to be kept. Yes. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. I'm putting you on a light stand. Yes. So on a light stand, shine. Mm -hmm. I think that is um, brilliant when you think about the tension in this metaphor. That it's both the resistance and then there's this movement yes. out. And I just think about the two different analogies that Jesus use, uses here is first the, the um, salt and then the light. And salt, when you put it on your food, it expands the flavor. You can put just a little bit in, kind of like Jesus, just a little bit uh, goes a long ways. And then the influence of it spreads throughout. You put too much salt for food and you're like, wow, this is overcoming. And the same thing with light, it, it expands. And uh, when I look at how Jesus kicks off this greatest ever preached sermon with, this is who you are. Mm. Uh, like, like you said, Mike, this is your identity. He's saying that you're a part of a expanding movement an expanding kingdom. And it makes me think about how you go back to the very beginning in Genesis and God creates 
all things and he declares them good and then he creates humanity and he says it's very good and then he says here's what your job is is to multiply and fill it and to rule and have dominion and you roll all the way to back to Jesus and we see that Jesus is saying the kingdom is at hand and the kingdom is ultimately the the benevolent and intimate rule of God. Mm. And he's saying the time has come for that to be completely filled and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So the picture in my mind is this idea of um, God's people um, bringing that benevolent and intimate rule of God so that it touches every part of that creation, so that it fills every part of that world. And at this point in the passage, he's saying, it's come to you now. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, those people on that hillside were, mm -hmm. as we talked last time, people who had great need and were in suffering or were mourning. And he's saying, today, uh, that movement and expansion of the kingdom has, has reached mm -hmm. you and now through you can, can continue to grow to it. touches every part of of the world and that's just incredible the vision that Jesus cast there in that moment on that hillside. Right. I think as you were uh, sharing there Brian just the words you are came to mind for me again um, just Jesus saying this is as a believer this is a quality that you have it's not like something this is this is you and mm -hmm. as and I think if you think about salt and read a little bit about salt it's it's um Salt has that quality. You cannot, it's, it's very difficult for salt to lose its saltiness. Mm -hmm. It's just that. You are, and God has given that to us. Mm -hmm. He said, you are this now. You are the light. You are the, the salt. But then I was thinking about that whole dilemma of how does salt then loses its saltiness. Mm -hmm. And, um, and as, as I was thinking of it, there's, uh, there used to be an ad in South Africa on our television that... Um, that was an ad for powdered milk, right? <laughs> and um, if you can imagine the husband opening the fridge and he's looking for the milk inside the fridge where milk would normally be, and he's, he's like shouting to his wife, where's the milk? But because it's powdered milk, she's saying, it's not inside, it's on top, all right? <laughs> And that used to be, you know, just in South Africa, everyone just had, if you just said those words, it's, it's not inside, it's on top. You knew exactly what we were talking about. We knew about. the product. It was a yes. great Yes, yes. <laughs> but that was used everywhere. I and mean, in the office, if people were yeah. something, it's not inside, it's <laughs> on top. <laughs> so, so that came to mind for me in this. Um, so it's, it's not inside, it's on top. It's not necessarily the meaning of this. To understand the scripture is not necessarily where we're looking for it. It's not necessarily inside the fridge, right? Mm. It's somewhere else. So where is that? And what is Jesus trying to tell us here? Mm. So the saltiness, I, I did a bit of reading around it. And one of the things that stood out to me about how the salt loses its saltiness, and almost like the, high, the light also be hidden, mm. is salt loses its saltiness when it becomes diluted. Mm. Okay. And, and that for me is like in, in, in our day and age where we live, where your church is, where you live, what are the challenges for you in the church in becoming diluted? Because the moment that happens, 
you lose your effectiveness. You're hiding the light. Mm. You're not as salty as you're supposed to be. Mm. So that is a red light for me. But I want to change that ad around here and say, it's not on top. <laughs> so it's not in the deeds. And, and this, this scripture really talks about deeds. It's not as much the focus is on the deeds. The deeds give, give glory to God. But how do you get there? And that's where it says, it's not on top, it's inside. Mm. And the only way, really, that you can be fruitful is if you are connected. Um, and I'm thinking here of John 15, where Jesus was using the analogy of the grape, um, the vine and the branches. Mm. I just quickly want to read this for us, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, maybe familiar to, to you, but um, just John 15, verse 5 through to 8, quickly. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Okay, so that's the deeds. Mm. There's the connection. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Okay, so it's like it's salt losing its saltiness. Mm. That's the same thing. It's like light being hidden. It's like the branch not bearing fruit. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, in other words, if we are in Christ, connected to the vine, we will bear much fruit. And the Bible says here in John 15, then you are my disciples. What, what's the consequence of that? This brings great glory to my Father. So that's that yeah. direct link for me again to the deeds. The consequence of us being connected. It's not on top, it's inside. It's being connected to the vine. The result is the fruit. Mm. That's yes. great. I like, I like two things that you said there. One is, the, the again, this almost uh, word for word, what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 5, of bringing great glory to our Father. Um, being salt and light is never for our own good. It's always for the good of others. Um, ultimately, to bring glory to God and not to build ourselves a reputation or a ministry or a platform. Um, the other thing is the fruit. Um, fruit benefits other people. Salt benefits others. Light benefits others. Uh, we don't want to put salt on... Or we, we don't want to put salt where there is salt. Uh, everybody knows what too much salt in food tastes like. And, you know, the, the light doesn't need more light. Uh, darkness needs light. People whose, whose world has become bland need salt. And so our lives, our lives are connected to the vine, being the branches, being the fruit bearers. Our lives uh, are to be lived in such a way that we actually affect humankind for good. Yeah. Uh, that we, we make a difference. And just... So, so light uh, is, we, we, we all understand light. Salt is a little bit more uh, gray. But I believe the word salary comes from the word salt because back in the ancient times, salt was uh, valuable. Money. Salt was money. Salt was used to mm -hmm. trade. And so now we have this word salary. I believe in Spanish, the word is S-A-L. I'll probably pronounce it wrong. Sal. Mm -hmm. So, but... Meaning, it, it, it's, it's valuable. Your salary is valuable. But what would it take to where you thought your salary was so useless that you cast it onto the dung heap? Mm -hmm. 
or you just threw it away for people to walk all over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine that anybody would ever do that with their paycheck. Mm -hmm. But yet Jesus says it's possible. And you know, I think of uh, Zimbabwe as a country just to the north of South Africa where literally that's happened. Um, the currency in Zimbabwe has become so worthless that every tourist spot you go to, the, the, the people on the side of the road are selling it to tourists. Mm. So you can buy a hundred million Zimbabwe dollar note for like five dollars. <laughs> um, Zimbabwe is a cashless society because their cash is worthless. It's lost its, it's, flavor. Lost its flavor. It's 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 not benefiting anybody. And I think that's you know based on what everybody has said, where, where Jesus is saying just. Realize how valuable you are. Don't diminish what it means to be uh, part of my kingdom, part of my vine. Don't diminish the value that I've placed in you. Salt is worth is worth uh, a lot. Absolutely. You know, when Jesus ascended, he left his body, the church. Uh, on this earth as a presence to continue his ministry. And if Jesus is the light of the world, which he said, I am the light of the world, then surely his church should be the light of the world yes. as well. His church should be shining like a beacon. Um, and I sometimes wonder if the church loses its ability to impact the world, with good deeds, with light, with the vine, with the message of Christ, with the kingdom of God, with all these things, then the church becomes like salt that has been used up. Um, salt is a preservative, and once that salt has preserved something, a piece of meat, the leftover salt is used to, to throw out. I think of in the United States, um, salt is used when the snow comes and the ground's slippery, it puts salt on the ground. That's the kind of thing, and it gets trampled underfoot. And when the church loses its uh, purpose, it is like that salt that's been used up and gets thrown on the ground, and the world just tramples it underfoot. And it's unfortunate that some parts of the, the church, we see that happening. But I think um, it's, it's not the full story. The story of the church is that we are the light of the world and our good deeds do bring people to, uh, say, glory to God, which is what that scripture says, that when we are shining before others, not by ourselves, mm. not that little light, uh, but when we're shining before others, that the world may see our good deeds and give glory to our Father in heaven. And that is our purpose, is to be this different kingdom. Because the kingdom of darkness is infiltrating, and the kingdom of light should expose that darkness and bring God's glory into those places in practical ways, not just in word, but in deed. We all know that faith without works is dead. And so I agree with you, Tiano, it's not the works 
that is the product that we're after. It's connecting to the vine. It's the inside that is the product. The kingdom of God within us is the product. But the outworking of that is the good deeds. And in a world that is floundering, what are the good deeds of the church? The individuals, not just the, the church as an institution, but as individuals as well as the institution of the church. What are those good works that draw uh, people to the light and away from the darkness? The um, phrase trampled underfoot, and to think about what you just said about the encroaching darkness and the reality of the brokenness in our world and how people are trampled. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know a little bit about Orchard, but our role is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. And often the vulnerable are the trampled. They're the Mm -hmm. ones who are on that front line of the encroaching darkness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I read this week about that idea of being vulnerable or being trampled is in reality, it is the the forcing of what should be under the control of somebody else to be under your control. And that might be another description of abuse where you're um, taking over the authority of someone else's body for physical abuse or emotional abuse, taking over someone else's mind or a sense of identity. Or we talked about Jesus saying, you are the salt of the world. You are uh, the light. Um, And someone else saying, no, that's, that's not who you are. You are, Um, without value or without worth. And to see that our role as the church is to give agency, that God-given agency as people who are made in the image of God to fully live the abundant life God has given them and to fully live out their true identity as people of purpose and impact and people who have the capacity to be a part of this good work. And so for us, the heart of what we do day in and day out is to help the church cast that vision and message to people who they often are in that category of trampled. Right. The kingdom of darkness has them in, yeah. in, in its grip and we bring in the light to take away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, for me, the bottom line here is Jesus is admonishing us because of who we are let's live our lives in a way that actually makes a difference you know yes, uh, let this valuable pe- piece of salt needs to work it needs right. to make, uh, you know it needs to preserve it needs to enhance it shouldn't just be yeah i mean the world needs to know that we're here yes. we're not undercover operate uh agents, agents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other side of it is if that's true, and Christians were removed from this world, the consequence would be that the world would fall into a very, very dark place. And I think we need to remember that. We are the preservers. We are. We are preventing that, which is an immense privilege and a wonderful opportunity. So I think as we are sharing, I'm just imagining Jesus sitting there um, amongst the crowd. And if you can almost picture this, um, him looking you in the eyes mm-hmm. and, and, and 
saying to you, but listen, I'm not just giving you the gift of eternal life. Mm. I'm also giving you purpose in this life. Yeah. Right. And what is your purpose? Your purpose is to be salt and to be light. But I think there's a bit of a, a red light here that we have touched on before. Is If you lose your saltiness and if you lose that ability or you cover yourself even sometimes, you know, cover your own light, yes. um, it becomes diluted. Mm. And that's the danger. So what... If I almost want to make it practical for myself now, and maybe for us together and for the listeners, how are ways that we can sustain our connection uh, to the vine? In what ways? And, and what are maybe some questions with, that we can just reflect on mm. to make sure that we don't become diluted, right? Mm. So um, one of the questions that came to mind um, as, I, as I was reading one of the devotionals um, this week around this passage was, if you see Jesus there sitting and talking to you and telling you, hey, you are this. Um, if you allowed his words to guide you, um, what would you stop doing that you currently maybe are doing right now in not being the salt and not being mm -hmm. the light? So if you see him and he's saying you are this, but you're realizing maybe there are some things that you are doing that's preventing that mm. from happening? What should you be stopped doing? Another question then uh, for us to just to reflect on is, as you think through this, what are some doubts that maybe arise in you? Um, and I think it's often the, the cost. When, it, when they, there's a cost to being the light, there being a, a cost to being the, um, the salt, that's when we become a little bit doubtful. It's not as easy as in a Sunday morning at church, you know, when you're in your workplace during the week and someone says something or do something. I know for a lot of the churches that we work with in vulnerable communities, there's a great cost and a price to pay to be able to step out and say, we're going to be the light in this community. Because what if, if you can't sustain it? In the community, it's, the needs are just overwhelming. There's a great need for salt and there's a great need for light. But if you, if you, there's almost sometimes a fear. If, if I do this and I cannot sustain this. So there might be some doubts. And then the last thought here is just, are there some ways that we are hiding maybe our light and not allowing others to know that we follow Jesus? Mm. Um, and I think for me, that's just um, some challenging questions for myself. Mm. To evaluate, um, am I, is my light maybe compromised? Um, is my saltiness maybe compromised? Mm -hmm. And how do I prevent myself from being diluted? Yeah. And again, mm -hmm. this goes back to being connected to the vine. If we connect it in our relationship with God and have intimacy with Him, then the fruit, the deeds will automatically be there. We will automatically be light. We will automatically be salt. But that's the only way I think it's sustainable. You know, if, we, if a church runs a project um, in a community, there's always risks and people and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's sustainable as long as the connection is there. And that's where the heart is and the love is and the compassion is. Mm -hmm. And the ability to give even beyond um, means. Um, so those are just some final kind of like challenges maybe for us and as believers and listeners. Mm.
Yeah, those are great questions to think about over the over the next week and uh, to think about how do we live to our fullest capacity? Our, how do we get as salty as we can and, uh, or that influence to be experienced in the greatest way possible or for our light to shine in places that it hasn't shined before? Uh, how do we capture that with God life so that it, the, the W-I-D-T-H, the width of God's kingdom expands. So the with God life that expands the width of the kingdom. And, and you, you shared a story um, before we hit play here, record about uh, a community where you've seen that pastor living that with God life and it's kind of expanded the width mm-hmm. of the influence of that church. And That's a great example. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so um, one of the local churches that we work with here in the Western Cape, there's a, uh, um, a community where they're located that's in desperate need. Um, food security is a massive problem. Unemployment, a massive problem. Um, so um, just being located ge- uh, demographically um, in that area, there's a church, so there's a structure, okay? And there were Sunday services happening at this church. But to some extent, that was it, you know? Um, on a Sunday, the light show, show me. Inside the building. Yeah, inside the building. But then I think as we were um, connecting and just growing in our relationship also with this pastor, you know, there was even times that I think the pastor was afraid to go to church when there were no other Christians around because of safety. You know, it's a dangerous area. But they took this to heart and they took this challenge up and said, okay, we, we're going to start something practical here in our community. And they started a food and agriculture program and have gone, um, you know, from uh, strength to strength. I almost, um, when we go and visit them, I, I almost wish you can picture and see this um, in this area that is just so um, dark in a Very sense. Dark, yes. There's a a vegetable garden that I would almost say, you know, in my mind, if I compare it to where they're at, it's like a garden of Eden Mm. because there's something good happening Mm. that's contrary to the norm around it. And you can see fruit, actual fruit. And that's maybe part of the challenge here is this actual fruit Mm. that's grown in sandy soil that's almost impossible. Literal. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But there's also spiritual food through through some of the practical deeds that the church is now doing. Mm. Um, But ultimately, it's again, where does that come from? It's it's the heart, Mm. right? And being connected um, to the vine. Yeah. And not being afraid to um, talk about Jesus along with handing out food. Mm -hmm. And the two go hand in hand and that the community respects that. Where he was afraid before, now the community is respectful of him and what he's doing. Um, And in this incredible need, they're not stealing the food Mm. that's growing there. They're Mm. respectful of the church Mm. and what the church is doing. The light is shining and the salty is being salty. And if you think that you're maybe small or insignificant or you don't have that great of a ministry or you're you're surrounded by a world where it's complete opposite message and you think, Mm -hmm. what kind of influence am I having? Mm -hmm. Jesus is 
expanding our mindset about our leadership and about the influence of our church to say, no, you, you are the light mm-hmm. and live that out and tr- trust in the salt, trust in the light that God has put in you. Right. you trust in that influence and, and see what God does. And that's a great story of uh, that light expanding in places where maybe initially the pastor thought, there's no way. And it's yeah. too dark. Yeah, it's yeah. too dark. Yeah. Tiano, thank you for being with us today, uh, uh, part of this conversation. And thank you for the work that you do in helping the church be equipped in all kinds of different environments and places to, to care for the vulnerable. And thank you for listening in. For those of you who are um, listening in, maybe you're driving or you're... Uh, uh, you're taking a walk today, and uh, I hope these words uh, encourage you to recognize the capacity that you have. And those questions that TNO asked, maybe as you're walking along or going through your week, that those ring in your mind, uh, in your ears, and you think about how God might be speaking to you through this first chapter of um, the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to continue to walk through this passage over the next few months and look forward to having that conversation with you. But with that, we're going to land it here and um, thank you for listening in. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. It was great joining you. Thank you very much. Bye.